0: I mean, he's a solid pro. Maybe he doctors the ball a little too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the poster <laughs> boy uh, for Brown dunk on the ball. Yeah.
0: Welcome back to Royals Weekly. After a one-month hiatus, we are back. Back to our usual ridiculousness. Back to more lukewarm takes and fact airs. Feels pretty good, doesn't it, Mike?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm almost always factually incorrect. So yeah,
0: yeah. Every time I I, uh, I think back on the things that we've said and done, I'm like, oh, that 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 was wrong. Yeah, we shouldn't have said that. That was wrong. Uh, but that's okay. You're not coming here for factual information. It's the hot takes. It's the analysis. That's what you really want. You just want that content.
1: It's the sultry voice.
0: Oh, that's what they really want. I am the host of Royals Weekly, Marcus Mead, and joining me as always, a man who spent Halloween handing out candy to his own mouth, my brother
1: Mike. I did. Actually, we did not give out any candy. I did eat all the candy. I threw a couple candy bars at the kid next door and then told my wife I gave them all to him, and then I ate all the rest of them myself.
0: Boom. That's called strategy, people. Mm-hmm. You, you tell your wife one thing, you do a different
1: the real sad. You want to hear the real sad thing? Morgan, as most of my listeners know, because they're all people that know us. My wife is Not pregnant all right now. She looked at me and said, hey, was there any candy left? And though there was some left, I looked right in the, her eye and I said, nope, none left. And no. then I ate them all. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, that's classic. <laughs> that's a classic Mike move right there. Yeah. On this episode of Royals Weekly, we'll discuss the trickle of offseason news, what the Royals could or should do in free agency, and why Dayton Moore won't return Mike's phone calls.
1: Really, all I want to do is I want to compliment those shiningly bright white teeth. And that beautiful head of hair. That's all I really am trying to do. Dayton, take my phone call. It's just compliments, man.
0: The teeth are exceptionally white. I'm talking like, uh, it looks like staring right in the sun. It's so, so white. Uh, Anyway, let's talk about some baseball. Kind of. An important note, the following segment is a discussion of the Royals 40-man roster crunch. However, this episode was recorded on October 31st, but not edited until November 2nd. As a result, it does not cover the Ryan McBroom cut to that 40-man roster. He is now going off to play in Japan. Good luck to him, but you'll see us discuss cutting him, and he has already, in fact, been cut. The Royals need to clear some space on the 40-man roster. Why? Because they have a bunch of prospects who are set to become eligible for the Rule 5 draft if they aren't put on the 40-man roster. If you don't know how it works, the Rule 5 draft, which will happen this offseason, means that any player who has been in the minor leagues for a certain period of time is eligible to be taken by another team if they're not on a team's 40-man roster. I think it's something like five years if you were drafted when you're 18, four years if you were drafted when you're 19. It's really, there's a big set of complex rules, but it's just easy to know that they have a bunch of prospects who are eligible this year if they don't get put on the 40 man roster and right now their 40 man roster's not full because they just recently lightened it but it's got like 38 people on it so they need to make some cuts from their 40 man if they want to protect certain from players from getting drafted by other teams so far the only cutting they've been they've done is they had they cut Hanser Alberto and Scott Blewett from the 40 man roster according to Alec Lewis both of those players have elected for free agency instead of going being sent down i think Blewett... There's some conflicting information on this. The Royals' transaction list says that Blewett has been outrighted to AAA. Whereas Alberto has chosen free agency, not really sure on that, but needless to say, the Royals now have 38 players on their 40-man roster, and that's not counting guys who are on the 60-day injured list. Guys who are on the 60-day injured list don't count against your 40-man roster, but when they come off of it, then they do. And so they have about four guys, I think, on their 60-day injured list. And so it's a little bit complicated, but they need to still cut a few players if they want to protect some of their valuable prospects. The list of guys who need protecting, Nick Prado, MJ Melendez. Travis Jones, Rudy Martin, Gabriel Cancel, Anderson Miller, Grant Gavin, Jonathan Bolin, Josh Dye. There are a few others, but to me, those are the guys who are most likely to get taken in this um, Rule 5 draft. Now, the interesting thing about the Rule 5 draft is if you take a guy in the Rule 5 draft, he has to spend an, at least one year in the major leagues before you have to send him back to the team that he's on or he was with previously. So famously, we got Brad Keller in the rule five draft. He stayed in the major leagues for an entire year and has stayed ever since. But if we were going to send him back down, we'd have to send him back to the team. We got him from
1: Mike. I believe, I believe also uh, Royals legend, Joaquin Soria was also a rule five guy. If I'm not mistaken,
0: he was, you can, you can think of a few guys, the Royals have taken since then who they took in the rule five draft, but never didn't stick with the team for a whole year. So, um, Steven Woods jr. Or no way he did stick for a whole year because he got hurt. Uh, but then after that, they send them back down. But who are those guys? Let's see. The guy with Chris the long Ellis. Wavy hair. There was Chris Ellis who they took and ended up sending back. I think. Uh, who I the forget the pitcher
1: with the long wavy hair. Uh, I don't just know. A couple I've, years ago.
0: Yeah, I can't oh, remember his name. Man. The rules. Are, the Royals are typically active in the Rule Five draft because it's a good way to grab a talent if you're a team that isn't really expecting to compete, and so usually players who get the, the positions that are often targeted frequently in the rule 5 draft are pitchers who teams can hide in bullpens for a year or maybe backup catchers sometimes get get selected and then they just get stashed in, as a bat in a backup role in the major leagues um it's hard to take like an everyday player in the rule 5 draft though it has happened the tigers very recently took akil Badu in the rule 5 draft i think um, dan
1: ugla remember dan ugla i think he was a rule i think rule he was a rule guy.
0: 5 guy so it, it it's 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 real it's s- takes some strategic thinking to think who can we take in the rule 5 draft who and bad teams do this all the time for bad teams there's very little downside to tra- drafting a guy in the rule 5 draft because you're going to suck anyway. So the Orioles, you're going to be bad anyway. You might as well take a guy who's talented, let him play at the major league level or, or sort of shield him in some way by stashing him in the bullpen or something. And then maybe you can send him back down to the minors, let him develop some more. Or maybe you just take a risk on him and maybe it doesn't pan out. You send him back to, the, to his whole team. It's not a big deal. The Royals, on the other hand, a team that has a whole bunch of talent in the minor leagues and the guys who are eligible for the rule five draft, they need to do something to either protect them or make sure they don't get taken or maybe strategically gamble and see if a guy does get taken. Uh, We'll see. So our question today is who's going to get protected. Who's going to get cut from that 40 man roster. Mike, what do you think of the guys who need to be protected? Is that, is that six guys or so? Uh, Yeah. Is that list
1: good? Uh, Yeah. I think, I think there's going to be roughly six of these guys that get protected. And you know, a lot of times guys don't get protected and they don't actually get picked. So don't think if the guy doesn't get protected, he's automatically gone. But this list is, is a little scary, and I'm not sure I've ever seen a list that had this many great prospects on it that the the Royals had to protect. So uh, it starts with Prado, Melendez. You have got to protect those two guys. That's a, that's a gimme. They have to be put on the 40-man roster. Um, and then Jonathan Bolin, I think, is also a gimme. He has to be put on the 40-man roster because he's too good of a prospect as well. Then you get to some guys that are um, probably – utility slash fourth outfielder kind of guys. Rudy Martin, I think, has to be protected. Um, I think he has a chance to be maybe a fourth outfielder or a a guy who maybe if he can play center, which I don't think the Royals think he can, but he's a guy that maybe you protect as well. Grant Gavin had a really good year this year in AAA uh, out of the bullpen, so he probably gets uh, protected as well because he's really close to the majors probably. And then I think the last guy, I would probably protect Travis Jones and that's because I think he's the kind of prospect that the Royals kind of like a pretty a guy who's got a higher floor than he does ceiling. And I think the Royals kind of like him and, and that style that he plays with. So um, there's probably some guys with better tools than Travis Jones. But um, although he may be a guy with since he's not a real toolsy kind of guy, he may be a guy you think doesn't get picked in a rule five draft. I don't know. That's where the kind of strategy comes in. But that's the guy that I would protect.
0: Yeah, I think I like that list, and I would I think they're going to need to protect at least six guys as well. Um, I think uh, Prado, Melendez are sure things, as you said. Boland is an interesting guy because he's on the sixty day injured list right now, so they could bring him onto the forty man. I don't know if he's even eligible for the for to be Rule Five drafted if he's on the sixty day IL. But if he was you could bring him onto the 40 man and put him on the 60 day IL in the, on the 40 man roster. And you'd, you'd free up another spot for somebody as well. So they could end up doing something like that. They would certainly keep him on the 60 day IL uh, even if he gets, cause he's coming back from Tommy John. He's, he's going to still be out for quite a bit of the season uh, once he's on the 40 man. So I think Prado, Melendez, Martin, Rudy Martin, I would also put on the 40 man because he's the easiest guy for a team to take and just stash as a fourth or fifth outfielder. They don't have to play him every day in the major leagues, but his speed off the bench is going to be useful. His eye at the plate is going to be useful. And I think he plays outfield well enough to be useful for you, or at least to be stashed at the major league level. Um, I would take. I would think Grant Gavin's going to need to be protected too. another guy who's easy to stash in the bullpen. And then I would, I would say Josh Dye. Uh, he's a guy who pitched mostly, I think, at Double A last year. Didn't pitch a ton. Has had some injury problems, but is good enough, I think, and has been productive enough for a team to say a bad team to say let's just take this guy on a on a whim, see if he can you know pitch well enough to be our last bullpen arm, and then maybe we send him back to Triple A. Maybe after a year we send him back Triple A. Maybe uh, maybe we just sort of uh, let him develop. Maybe he does well enough, we just keep him. So I think he's a guy who because he's a relief pitcher has the potential to get taken. The question then becomes who gets the axe, who gets sort of taken off the 40-man roster to make room for these guys. We know they only have 38 on there right now, but if they're going to protect six guys, they got to make room for at least four more. And that's not counting anybody they might take in free agency who we're going to talk about next. So they may need to axe even more. Off the top, we can say that Wade Davis is is probably likely to come off the 40-man soon. His contract is up. He's on the 60-day aisle right now, so he doesn't even count against the 40-man, but he's likely to come off Jesse Hans likely to come off also on the 60 day IL. His contract is also up, but those two right now aren't counting against the 40 man anyway. And so there's 38 still, even if you ask them still just 38, still just two spots available. Other guys who in my mind could come off Ryan O'Hearn, Ryan McBroom, the two Ryans Irvin Santana has, a, I think a decent chance of coming off 39 year old pitcher. Jacob Junis is a guy who I think we could talk about maybe coming off the 40 man roster. I think you could probably maybe even squeak him through Ravers and get you back into AAA. Lucius Fox is a guy who I, I think you could very easily pass through Ravers and put back into tr- AAA on your, on your your off your 40-man. Uh, and then come the hard questions like Carlos Santana. Is there a possibility he comes off the 40-man, even though they just signed him as a free agent last year? Edward Olivares. Is there a possibility he comes off the 40 man? We know the Royals don't love him (laughs) and sort of don't really see him as a legit prospect. And so is there a chance he comes off the 40 man roster and they try and move him through waivers? I don't think he would make it through. I think some team would take him, but we'll see on that one, Mike, what do you think of this list of potentially axed players and who would you be saying goodbye to if you were the GM?
1: Uh, Well, first I I'd probably be saying goodbye to all of them, except, um, Irvin Santana, I think, can still be a useful piece in a bullpen as your long relief guy. And then Edward Olivares is a guy that I probably wouldn't say goodbye to, but I think the Royals will. I don't think they see any value. Now, I think Edward Olivares is a throw-in piece for some guy that they trade for over the winter. I don't think he, you know, you trade for somebody or maybe you just even give him away for cash considerations just to clear up a spot, but I don't see him rolling into – Next, I don't think they just outright cut him. I think they might be able to say, hey, we'll give him to you for money, just cash. And I think they'll be able to get rid of him because I think there is a team out there somewhere that thinks he's probably good enough to be a fourth outfielder. But other than that, you can get rid of just about all of them as far as I'm concerned. And here's the thing. I think even if you get rid of all of them, you got to remember the Royals are going to add a piece or two this year in free agency. So I don't know if that's enough, guys. You might still there's going to be probably a guy or two that's a big surprise that we either get rid of through trade or just outright cut that we're not looking at right now.
0: Yeah, I think that there's a possibility for that. And that's assuming that they're going to go out and get a piece in free agency. I think. If you're looking at getting rid of a guy like Carlos Santana, the hard part is I don't know that you can get anything in trade for him, but you'd hate to just cut him. You signed him as a free agent before last season and, you know, you had the chance to trade him and didn't that, that we've talked about this before, but that's a big missed opportunity or at least a little missed opportunity, right? Maybe they could have gotten a relief prospect for him and now they're probably going to get nothing for him if they need to get him off the 40 man and they might need to. So the question is, do you keep Santana on the 40 man? and risk losing someone like a Josh Dye, like a Grant Gavin, like a Jonathan Bolin, like a Rudy Martin? Or do you cut him or get nothing for him or trade him for something very, very light? And then you you get to keep one of those guys, but you miss out on any of the value that Santana would have gotten you. I think no matter what, you're losing value with Santana this offseason, uh, whether or not you're trading him. If they, I don't know that anybody would take him in trade right now, but I think you're right. I think those that whole list probably has a good chance of getting axed the thing about Junis is, I don't, I, I axing him makes some sense to me because I just don't think any team is going to be like, oh, we're, we really want him. And so there's a good chance he makes it through waivers, I think. Uh, there's a good chance if he gets designated for assignment, he makes it through. Other guys, not so sure. I think Lu- Lucius Fox, maybe. I think if you try and pass Olivares through waivers, I think he gets taken. Uh, the, the Ryans, I, I just don't think any team's going to be clamoring for the Reds actually maybe a bad team would like the way Oakland took um uh what's his name
1: maybe he it wasn't even Oakland it?
0: it's a, no 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 the guy Frank the Tank uh Frank uh oh no it was the Cubs well the Cubs didn't well, take no. the Cubs, the Cubs traded for him after after they after I think Oakland so. got him okay. yeah i think so yeah, uh, i'm not Schwindel. 100% sure on F- frank's journey but like some team <laughs> took a chance on frank Schwindel, and sort of that paid off bad team might take a chance on on edward olivares a bad team might take a chance on jacob Junis or Lucius fox but i think those are the guys we're looking at as potential cut candidates during this 40-man roster crunch and then we'll see if the royals decide to take someone of their own in the rule five draft they'd have to free up a spot for him too
1: there is no just, way they take somebody in the rule five draft you don't think so i do not there i've never seen their roster be this crunched in an offseason before yeah you know I've never seen it like this. Now we were, we remember vividly back when they had the most stacked minor league system in baseball. And I still don't, it wasn't even like that then. Um, yeah. So the, the, I I don't see them taking anybody at all.
0: If you like what you're hearing, please make sure to subscribe rate and review us on whatever platform you use subscribing rating and reviewing helps people find the show and helps us build a larger community. If you leave us a five-star rating and good review, We'll make sure to give you a shout out and read a snippet of your review on the next show. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Royals Weekly. All this 40 man roster talk doesn't even take into account who the Royals might sign via free agency. We know the boys in blue always like to make at least a few minor moves in free agency, usually bargain hunting for reclamation projects. But Mike has been vocal about his desire to see the team go out and find a legitimate starting pitcher to help shore up the rotation this year. And the Royals really have enough money to go out and spend. Not crazy, but spend some in free agency. With that in mind, we're going to go through the list of a few players we think might be interesting free agent targets for the Royals this year. Mike, since you're so keen to spend big this offseason, get us started with some free agents to look at.
1: Well, if the Royals go out and get my first guy here, it is like a, it's going to be the sparkling jewel. It'll be the guy that, at least for them, it's, it's a big sign for them. You know, it's, we're never going to get the top guy, the top starting pitcher in a free agency season. But I like Marcus Stroman. Um, Marcus Stroman had a lot of good years in Toronto. He, uh, had a good year with the Mets this last year, but he reminds me a lot of, um, James Shields. Shields. Thank you. (laughs) Everybody reminds you of James Shields. So that was an easy one. Well, I mean, he reminds me of James Shields for some good reasons, right? He's right-handed. He's been known as a guy who's going to pitch a lot of innings in the past. Okay. These are all things James Shields was. He's got a lot like a four pitch mix. He doesn't throw. He's not an overly hard thrower, but he does throw somewhat hard and he's a strikeout guy. And that was what James Shields was when he came here. And so uh, that's that's kind of why they remind me of each other. Uh, But, you know, he had a 302 ERA with the Mets this year and a a three. He was worth 3.4 war. And that would be that's exactly the stabilizing factor. I mean, he pitched 179 innings this year coming off of a year, you know, when nobody pitched very many innings. That's not bad at all. But you can find a guy that's going to stabilize like that and give you another 180 innings. Boy, I think that's exactly what the Royals need. Not to mention, he's been around for a while, and we got a lot of young pitchers that need help.
0: Yeah, Stroman is one of those vet- – he would be a veteran guy who you're like, this is a stabilizer in the rotation. A guy who you can rely more readily on than some others. And so to, to, to come in and eat 180 innings as a, as a starter for them next year would
1: be huge. Supposedly a really smart dude too. I've heard a lot of people say future pitching coach kind of guy like really supposed to be really good dude. Uh, yeah. I would love to see him in a Royals uniform. It's going to cost them a little bit of money, but like I said, they had,
0: they honestly do have the money. They don't have a ton of contract commitments next year and even less in 2023 as Santana comes off the books, minor comes off the books. A lot of guys come off the books after next year too. And it's just rookie contracts with your prospects. So Bobby Wood Jr. is cheap for the next six years. Nick Prado, MJ Melendez—they're all cheap for the next six years. It's and they don't have any huge free agency or long-term contract commitments to guys. And so, really, it's it's now's the time to go out and spend in free agency if you're going to, because their payroll is really low right now. Uh, a guy I'm looking at would cost maybe a little bit of money too, but I think he's in some ways also a bounce-back candidate. Uh, that's Michael Conforto, uh, also a former Met. I think. Conforto's a guy who has always been underappreciated by the Mets, a guy who really can hit the baseball. Uh, and I don't know why, but for some reason they have not put as much faith in him as I think the baseball community as a whole has. I think the baseball community as a whole has valued Conforto more than the Mets actually have. He's got a career 124 OPS plus he's coming off a little bit of a down year last year, but he was still above average. He was still over 100 as an OPS plus. He still, you know, hit pretty well. He's not a great fielder, but I think if you put him in left field, he'll be fine. I don't think he'll be any worse for you than Andrew Benintendi was. Gold glove candidate. Gold glove nominated, baby. (laughs)
1: What a that is the thing. That
0: is. What, is, what is going on here? Andrew Benatendi is a finalist for the Gold Glove, but Nikki Lopez is not. Uh, <laughs> that that, is we didn't get insanity. to that in a news segment, but yeah, the Royals have had a couple guys nominated for the Gold Glove this year. Michael, Four, uh, some guys who you would think, uh, like Michael um, Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, Michael A. Taylor's uh, got nominated in center, which makes perfect sense. He should win it, honestly. With, yeah. uh, uh, who else made? Second. it With Merrifield at second, was Salvador Perez nominated again? I can't remember. I, can't I thought there either. were
1: four of them, but I, I thought
0: there were four, but anyway, the big news was Nicky Lopez was, was not a finalist for the gold glove and Andrew Benintendi somehow was. Well, yeah, and there's so,
1: one. Benintendi was one. Benintendi of them. was
0: one. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Conforto is <laughs> not going to play any worse of a left field than Benintendi did. And so I think he'd be fine, but you know what he's going to probably going to do? He's probably going to hit better than Benintendi. No, did. Get, uh, get right at it. Yeah. Well, it, it was a down year last year, but he's consistently putting up OPSs over 800 a guy who can really hit the baseball, hit home, hit the ball out of the ballpark, probably has definitely has more power than than an Andrew Benintendi. So I would love to see the Royals go out and get him if they end up moving on from Benintendi, which I also hope they do. I don't think that's likely. I think that it's likely that they just stick with Benintendi because he's already on the roster. Because it would take something to trade him, and, and they don't think they can get whatever they want for him. But if they do end up moving on from Benintendi, and they think they don't want to go with Kyle Isbell. I think Conforto is a really good option out there. And I think ultimately if they could do something amazing, my dream scenario is they trade Benintendi, they sign Conforto and then they start playing Isbell every day in center. I think that could be an interesting move as well. But yeah, that's just sort of a dream scenario. I'd like to see them get a bat like Conforto in the lineup that I think that'd be really good.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I'm all for that. Uh, again, I think the Royals look at it and go, we don't have any place to put them because I think they're going with Benintendi. Um, even if they, traded Benintendi I don't know that they would see him as the kind of guy that they want or fits with the team or at Kaufman so you know I think it's a long shot a real real long shot but it'd be cool so who's your your next sort of uh pit
0: player I know you're a big into pitchers who your next who's your next on your wish list of pitchers if they can't get Stroman who should they
1: look at if they can't get Stroman I'm, we're going with a theme on the amazing Mets here um Stephen Matz who who started his career we saw him in the World Series with the Mets he is a guy, he's not really a reclamation guy. Uh, he pitched around 150 innings last year with Toronto. He had a really bad 2020 in that uh, uh, COVID season. Uh, and the year before that, his ERA was a little high. He hasn't been the same as he was in 15 and 16 with the Mets. He had unbelievable years in 15 and 16 with the Mets. And then it's been a little up and down since then, but he's still got the ability. and And so that's kind of the... You're hoping that he can find some consistency in a park that is friendly to pitchers with a defense that should be really good. And so, yeah, and he's a guy that you can probably get on a reasonable deal. And so, and he's still young enough to, to be a factor for a few more years. So yeah, Steven Matz is the guy that I would say is, uh, is, is somebody to take a flyer on is the kind of guy that the Royals kind of like, Yeah,
0: he would be my choice of reasonable pick from that list of free agent pitchers because, you know, I think if he's healthy, you can get solid production out of him. If he's healthy, he's somebody who's not going to light the world on fire in free agency. He's not going to command huge, huge money, but you can put two or three years on his contract, maybe even three or four. If you if you need to like win a, a bidding war for him, you can add an extra year to Stephen Matt's contract and not feel horrible that oh he's never because he's only like 30, 31. He's you can 31, put three yeah. or four three or four years on his contract and say there's a good chance because he's like such such a control and command lefty, there's a good chance you can you'll still get decent production out of him as a 35-year-old because you know because of the profile of a pitcher he is and 150 pitch innings last year is not a bad go from somebody if you could get a guy who can throw you 150 160 170 innings next year I'll take it
1: yeah and a couple clarifications he will be 31 he will turn 31 this upcoming season and last year he was on a one-year deal for 5.2 million that's very reasonable for so, 150 innings, 5 million is nothing. It's yeah, nothing. So and, and if, if you're going to, you're
0: probably going to, you're probably going to pay more this year, but let's say yeah. you get, let's say you get him on eight or 9 million a year. If he's giving you 150 innings for eight or 9 million a year, you will absolutely take that.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So that was, that was the other one. I was like, okay, Stroman's your pie in the sky. Matt's is kind of your reasonable pick.
0: Yeah. I have another reasonable pick as a pitcher. I think Michael Pineda could be a very similar type of guy. He's a little bit older. Uh, has a little bit more of an injury history even matt's has a little bit of an injury history peneda yeah, has been up and down mostly because of injuries throughout his career but he's had some solid seasons and he's got a three six nine career fielding independent pitching a one one nine career whip a guy who we've seen a lot as you know uh, because the he's the, pitched yankees, and pitched the yankees and the yankees and the Mariners and and a lot of, of american teams. league teams he pitched with the twins last year and a guy who Why not? I mean, he's a solid pro. Maybe he doctors the ball a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) The poster boy for... Right, I'm on the ball. You know, but you know <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna bring uh, I think a little bit of could bring that sort of consistency to to the rotation. You know, and a guy who if he's gonna go out and you don't have to worry about like oh are we do need to protect him innings wise? No, just send Michael Pineda out there every fifth day. Tell him to keep you in a ball game for six or seven innings and then move on. You know, I think another guy who's gonna eat you if he's healthy. Always a question for him, but if he's healthy, is gonna eat you 150 to 180 innings easy like easy and so you might as well go ahead and, and if you're because you're you're going to be able to get him for the for in between that five to eight million dollars a year range too probably great deal for the royals if they can go out and get a guy like that
1: and he's a guy that you may end up snagging up if you offer that second year like that yeah that's the kind of guy Pineda is he's he's a guy that nobody's given him five years so no you know give if, you, him a if you're the team year, that gives him maybe two or three give him a third then you got him. So. But you
0: don't, even, you don't even worry that much about giving him a second or third year because it's going to be so little money. Like it's not going to cost you a ton in that second or third year. And you know that if you give him three years, one to two of those years are probably going to be healthy years and you're going to get a decent production out of Michael Pineda, Right. He's not a guy you're going to worry about being, oh man, he's a six ERA guy this year. We're in trouble. You know, I think he's a guy you're pretty sure, you know what you're going to get from him as a, as a, as a starting pitcher.
1: Yeah, somewhere between 3-5 and
0: 4-5. We'll end this episode of Royals Weekly like we end every episode of Royals Weekly with our Just a Bit Outside, talking about something that isn't about baseball at all. And so this week, Mike, what is your Just a Bit Outside? What are you focused
1: on outside the world of baseball? I'm focused on dramas, okay? My wife and I, we like to watch TV together, but I have a very hard time watching television or movies that are dramas. That are anything that is considered might be considered sad, okay. And I once had a conversation with our good friend Matthew Nelson, and I said, "Hey, man, what do you like to watch? And what do you and your wife watch?" And he told me this exact same story. He's like, "She wants to watch drama sometime, but I don't ever watch that stuff." And I'm like, "And he and he explained it exactly the way I explained it." He said, "Why? Because I want to be entertained. I don't want to be sad. Like, mm-hmm. why do I want to add more sadness to my life?" And so, like. As we get into like scary movie season, and then you know, there's we get into winter, and it's a little bit more depressing. Cut the dramas out of your life, people. Get rid of them. We don't even need them. Okay, <laughs> stick to comedies. All right, we watched an animated movie uh, last night, Mulan. I had never seen it. It was pretty damn good. There was wasn't freaking sad bastard stuff. I know that. You know, get the get the sad stuff out, and just rewatch more comedy. Because I don't need that sort of sadness in my life. So I just wanted to share my philosophy on watching, uh, you know, movies and television content. No dramas. Stick to the funny stuff.
0: When I saw this in the rundown, I thought that was you going to be saying like, oh, I've started watching more dramas. And there's no, no, just comedies, people. No dramas at all. Uh, I'm not of Mike's mind. I will not be in the same camp as him. I watch a drama every now and again, especially if it's a cerebral one, like, like the OA or something like that. I'll watch yeah. something like that. That's big fun for Stupid. me. Uh, or as, as listeners, regular listeners know, I'm a big fan of the Witcher or fantasy dramas. Uh, yeah, those are love those as well.
1: Awful, awful nerd garbage.
0: I'm going to be talking about a drama in my just about outside this week. And that's a drama movie I just saw. Uh, I went to, to a drive-in for the first time in 20 years and saw the movie Dune. Well, I loved this movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, I read the book and w- that's why I was really excited to, to watch the movie, but they've just done an amazing job with it. I'm going to watch the movie again in a different location because I feel like I feel like I almost saw a completely different movie than most people because at the drive-in, It just looks different on the screen, like the lighting is different because, you know, you're outside and so. Uh, but it was really cool to go to a drive-in again. I hadn't done that since I remember the last movie I saw to drive-in. What lies beneath?
1: Yes, it was What Lies Beneath. I remember I when to we went into that with Harrison Ford. And so and I looked Michelle it up. It, yeah. it turns out
0: that movie came out in 2000. So it has been 20 years <laughs> since I've been to a drive-in. And so yeah, uh, I went and saw Dune. It was awesome. It was a great movie. Uh, the cast is incredible. I don't know how they got all these people into this one movie, but like, uh, it's really really great cast. Um, and so yeah, if you get a chance to go see Dune, I highly recommend it. It's just the first in a series. They must be making a sequel because they haven't covered even all the contents of the first book. And there are actually multiple books in this series. And so uh, I don't know if they're going to make the whole series after the first book, the second book gets kind of weird and not that good. Yeah. That's and, when it
1: really starts getting weird. huh?
0: Well, I don't know who, like yeah. the person who wrote it, the second book reads a lot more like a, a book of random philosophies or something like that. But The first book is really, really good. So if you get a chance to read it, read it. The movie is really, really good. Watch it. It is awesome. And so, yeah, just some book and movie recommendations from Mike and I. Mike's more of a stick in the mud, only do one sort of thing kind of guy. Yeah, that's more me. Expand your mind.
1: Go watch. Expand your mind into Mark being the dungeon master in your (laughs) weird D anD. (laughs) D fetish club. All right. Uh, I've never y'all.
0: played D and D, but if, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it. He's wants uh, to learn. So if there's a listener out there who is a Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, don't don't say that. I'm going to get a whole bunch of tweets about like joining Please. some, don't do that. Uh, do that. So uh, as you know, programming wise, we're only doing monthly episodes until the start of the new uh, season. So we'll come back next month with another episode of Royals weekly, unless something crazy happens uh, until then be good to each other.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,